difference. Why you should never see stuttering as a disability. So what I'd like to do is to pose that question to you, just to get some ideas of what you guys are thinking around, around this answer. Um, so just go ahead and type into the chat box. I'm going to start answering it now. But why do you think you should not see stuttering as a disability? So let me ask you that again. Why do you think it would be preferable for you to not see stuttering as a disability? Go ahead and just start typing your answers into the chat box, and I'm going to get started. So one of the reasons that you don't want to see stuttering as a disability is because the tendency would be for you to see yourself then as a victim, as a victim. Now, this isn't all this isn't always true for everyone who has a disability or sees stuttering as a disability, whatever it might be. They don't always see themselves as victims. So I'm not making a universal statement. I'm saying there's a tendency for people, especially for people who stutter, if they see it as a disability, they tend to see themselves as a victim, at least some do, right? And by victim, we mean something that has happened to them, okay? Something that's happened to them and something that they can't change, right? That they have no control over, okay? So this is very, very important if you think about it. So if you, there are actually movements of people out there that are arguing for stuttering to be a disability, uh, because if it's a disability, then there are certain um, guarantees that you have and certain laws and so forth. Um, so someone once said that if you that if you argue for your weaknesses, then then you'll have them, right? Then you'll always have them. Um, and there are some other ways to phrase that, but essentially, if you argue for and if you see stuttering as a disability, and that, that's what you're pushing, this is a, this is a disability then what you're doing is you're focusing on something that you're saying, I don't really have control over this. This is something that I have and it's permanent. I'm stuck with it. It's going to be with me the rest of my life. It limits me in various ways. Uh, and so, therefore, the person is, in a sense, seeing themselves as a victim. Uh, they're seeing themselves as not having control over in this case, stuttering, or over being able to overcome this, right? There's just no control over that. Now, here's the problem with that, as some of you have just said. Number one, it says, let me just go in and see what some of you are saying here. It will hinder your progress. It hinders your ability to see yourself succeed. Calling it a disability can make you think it cannot be changed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And make you think that it cannot be changed hinders your ability to succeed. Because once you see it as a disability, you may stop looking for solutions, right? Or if you see a solution, you may not really believe that it can be changed. Or minimally, you may start to think that it can be maybe managed. Uh, you can cope with it. You can deal with it. Maybe you can make it a little better, but it's always going to be there. So essentially, it's limiting your ability to overcome it, to transcend it, if you see it as a disability. So you should never see stuttering, 
especially as it relates to yourself. Never see it as a disability because with that mindset, with that thought, comes the idea that it might be permanent. It might not be something I can change. I don't have any control over it. I'm a victim of this, right? And I'm not saying that you have a victim mentality and that you're just sitting back helpless, but there is something called learned helplessness. And so when a person, and this can happen to all of us, when a person is struggling with stuttering and they've tried this program, they've tried that program, and it seemingly doesn't work, they can learn to be helpless. They can just say, well, this is just the way it is. There's nothing I can do about it. I've tried. I've actually tried. There's nothing that I can do about it. Learned helpless, helplessness. So look that up. Now, how should you see stuttering? Well, there's a much more uh, empowering way for you to see stuttering or stammering, and that is to see it as what we call a pattern, a pattern or habit, if you will. It's a pattern of speech or speaking and thinking. It's a pattern of speaking and thinking. So for many adults who stutter, and let me just back up here. The information that I'm providing you is going to be most helpful for people who fit into this category. And here's the category. If there are times when you don't stutter or when you stutter very little, then this is going to be helpful for you. Meaning if, for example, when you're by yourself, when you're speaking to children, when you're speaking to pets, when you're relaxed, when you're feeling confident, when you're talking to certain people in certain situations, if you find that you're, you're more fluent, that you're speaking fluently, this will be helpful for you. There are some folks who struggle with what we might call neurogenic stuttering, where maybe you've had a traumatic brain injury, right? injury to the brain, or a degenerative disease, Parkinson's, something like that. Um, and there are some other ones. It's literally attacking the area, like Broca's area. It's attacking the area that manages speech. This may not be as helpful for you. Now, it doesn't mean that people that have suffered, for example, strokes or brain injuries, doesn't mean that they can't learn to speak again or learn to speak well, because they do all the time. But this approach is going to be more helpful for those of you that may be struggling with what we might call developmental stuttering, or psychogenic stuttering, something there's an emotional event that's happened, and all of a sudden you begin to stutter. This is very rare, right? But it does happen. Or developmental, meaning perhaps you started stuttering when you were, you know, two, three, four, five, six, something like that, and just continued to stutter. Uh, people also can stutter as a result of genetics. People in their family kind of runs in their family. I've had clients who've picked up stuttering from mimicking or modeling someone in their family. They had a an uncle or a father or someone in their family who stuttered and they watched that person. They literally said, in fact, I had a client that said that she watched, I think it was maybe her uncle or brother, something like that. And she said, Ooh, that's a pretty cool way to speak. And she didn't know that it wasn't a cool way to speak until she got older and then she's kind of stuck with it. So there are lots of sources and causes and reasons for stuttering, but this is going to be most helpful for those of you where you can say, you know what? There are times when I'm mostly fluent. There's some, I've seen people who are severe every time they were severe, but when they created a video, when they were by themselves, when they talked to their brothers, 
all of a sudden they spoke fluently when they were modeling. So this is going to be most helpful for them. So I just wanted to say that. Now, when we look at stuttering as a pattern or habit of speaking, speech, and thinking or thoughts, right? So we can say speaking to be grammatically correct, right? Then you're much more empowered. And here's a question. For some of you, I want you to just type in the answer. Why is it more empowering if you see stuttering, and I'll explain why this is true, if you see stuttering as a pattern of behavior, speaking, speeches, behavior, it's something you do. It's also a skill, right? You can learn to speak well. You can learn to speak well. There's trainings, there's schools, language schools. We can learn to speak certain languages and we can learn to speak those languages well, articulating, inflecting, and so forth, public speaking, all that. So speaking, speaking smoothly is a skill. It's a learnable skill. It's a pattern. But also thinking is a pattern. So when people struggle with stuttering for a long period of time, it gets integrated often and impacts their personality their self-esteem, their self-concept, their identity, their self-concept. What do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is that a person begins to change their social interactions based on their speech. They begin to change how they choose their careers. They begin to avoid certain speaking situations. Sometimes they often feel embarrassed when they're not able to give their name or order food. In fact, I'll tell you about um, a client of mine who just recently graduated on Monday. And I've been working with Jalal. He's from Turkey. I've been working with him for about a year. And you may think a year's a long time. It's actually not. It went by really, really fast. The first uh, three to four months that we worked together was intensive. Then he extended, and then we spread the time out over another, you know, eight months or so. And there were some holidays in between. So the year went by very, very quickly. And let me just tell you about where this guy was when we started. He had just quit his job because uh, the speaking responsibilities were too much for him. Speech was actually kind of chronic, persistent, severe. He rented an apartment. He, he looked for and rented an apartment close to stores where he could order his food online. I want you to listen so that he wouldn't have to call or he wouldn't have to go in. He could just go in and order the food that he wanted. So he, he arranged his living around his speech. So I don't want to be, have to go in and get food. So I need to find some place where I can order food online. Left his job because of his speech. Was not able to talk with his girlfriend's mother. So they just weren't able to talk. Um, he would have his girlfriend and his mom and family make important phone calls, call the bank, call, call for this, do this for him. Okay. So he's beginning to really isolate himself because of his speech. So he looked around and he found some organizations and so forth that basically uh, wanted to help people just cope with it, manage it, deal with it, maybe minimize it a little bit. But that's not what he wanted to do. He's a very, very, very smart guy. 
brilliant guy, actually. And he knew that he had more potential. He knew that he had greater potential, but his speech was holding him, was holding him back. His speech was limiting him, and he didn't want to live his life that way. So he found me on YouTube, I believe it was, and uh, hired me to work with him as his speech coach. And this is just about a year ago. It was a year ago, a year and a day ago, Monday, I believe. And I'll tell you more about where he is now and what he's absolutely amazing, what he's doing now. I'll tell you a little more about that. But what happened to him is he refused to see his speech as a disability, right? As a disease, as something that he couldn't do anything about. Now, there was a period of time where maybe he felt that way because he, he had to limp. He would want to go in and order certain coffees or caramel macchiato or something like that. And he said, you couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He could never get the kind of coffee that he wanted. That's one of the things he said to me on Monday. He says, I can go in and get whatever coffee I want now. So he chose to see stuttering or stammering as a pattern that, that could be changed. So the question that I was going to ask you is, why is it more empowering to see stuttering as a pattern it's a skill that can be learned that is speaking smoothly as a skill, a habit, instead of as a disability. So I just wanted you to type in some of your thoughts about why it's more empowering. Now, what about the thinking part? Well, once again, uh, often starting gets integrated into your personality. And so you begin to anticipate, you begin to avoid situations. You say, oh, I've got to introduce myself. I'm not going to be able to say my name or I'm going to... I've got an interview. I'm not I'm probably going to get stuck on saying this word. I can't say the name of the school that I graduated from, or I can't say the title of my job, for example. So all kinds of limitations that happen that are tied to our, our thinking and our thoughts, right? So three areas that we're going to be talking about today, your thinking, your feeling, and your speech your behavior. So just remember that, thinking, feeling, and speech. When you see stuttering as a pattern of habit, you're more empowered. Why? Because patterns and habits can be what? Changed or replaced. They can be changed or replaced. Doesn't matter if it's stuttering or not. Doesn't matter if, if it's uh, neurological. It is neurological. It doesn't matter if it's neurological, if it's psychological, if it's, it doesn't matter if it's a pattern and speaking is a pattern. It's a behavior, right? It's something that you do, something that you do automatically. And the thinking, the anticipation, the knowing that you're going to do it, the anxiousness that comes about thinking about speech, all of those things are patterns of speaking and thinking. They can all be changed or replaced with new ways of thinking and speaking. Does that make sense? So this here, seeing it this way, is much more empowering and is much more amenable to your making a change in your life. If you see it as a disability, it's much less likely that you'll feel like you can do something about it. This also is related to something that we call the law of control. When you believe and when you feel and when you are in more control over different areas of your life, you feel better about yourself and you feel better about life. Your esteem goes up, your confidence goes up, you're a lot more healthier, happier, and more successful 
when you have greater control over the various areas of your life. When you feel like you don't have control over your speech, which impacts a lot of other areas of your life, your social life, your relationships, your income, right? When you feel like you're limited or held back somehow by your speech, you feel not as good about yourself, not as good, not as confident, um, not as good about life and about your possibilities. Does this make sense? So this is very, very important. So let's talk about then how you can use what we call a Hebb's Law and the Law of Repetition and Consistency to take advantage of the fact that stuttering, if you see stuttering as a pattern, habit, a pattern of speaking and thinking, how can you use these laws to transform your speech? How can you use these laws to transform your speech? So let's talk about Hebb's Law first. Explain what it is. Hebb's Law simply says this. It simply says that neurons that fire together, wire together. So you can look that up, right? A lot more to it, but basically it says neurons that fire together, wire together. Some of you have heard me talk about this. So um, it's been said that we have over 100 billion neurons or brain cells, which actually the number's more like 86 billion, but that doesn't really matter, right? But Hebb's Law says that as these neurons fire together, they wire together, meaning when you and I are doing anything, even when we're at rest, our brain is very, very active. So when we're speaking, our, the areas of our brain that manage speech are firing together, the neurons in those areas of our brain that manage speech, the entire speaking system and process, are firing together in a certain way, in a certain sequence. They are sending electronic impulses, chemical impulses back and forth that represent that managed speech. So when a person stutters, there's a certain group of neurons in certain areas of our brain that's firing in a certain way. And some of them are actually misfiring, which is why, because the timing's off, so forth and so on. So what Hebb's Law says, which is very good news, is neurons that fire together wire together, and neurons that fire apart wire apart. What this means is that if you want to stop stuttering, you want to overcome stuttering, then what you focus on is not how to stop stuttering. You focus on how you want to speak. So remember I mentioned earlier three things. One, let's just say your thoughts, your feelings, and you can apply everything I'm saying to almost any area of your life that you want to improve. We're just talking about speech. And then your speech or your behavior, right? In this case, the behavior is your speech. Three things. So the question that you want to ask and how you, lose, you use Hebb's Law, and we're going to get to the law of repetition and consistency shortly, how you use this is you have to decide how do I want to think? How do I want to feel? How do I want to, how do I want to speak? Okay, how do I want to think? So if you're stuttering right now, blocking, you're having, you're anticipating, you're worrying, you have an interview coming up, you have a meeting coming up, and you begin to 
worry about that. It's a way of thinking, right? It's also beliefs. So you feel like, well, I can't slow down. I can't stop doing this. So that's a belief. It's a way of thinking. It causes you to feel anxious, feeling. You're stuttering, stammering. You're getting stuck. It's a way of speaking. It's behavior. You have to ask yourself, how do I want to think? How do I want to feel? How do I want to speak? So let me just give you some examples of how, for example, I helped Jalal. So what we do in the coaching is we give you, make it very, very clear, well, here are some ways that you probably want to begin to think. Here are some ways that you'd probably like to feel. I mean, he can tell me, I'd like to feel like this. And here are some ways you'd like to be able to speak. We call these there's six proactive speaking skills. These are skills that you can learn. They're skills that are represented by people who speak very, very well. People who are excellent speakers, amazing speakers. You'll see them using these six skills. We'll just briefly talk about those in a little bit. So the first thing that you have to do is become, now this is very important, so listen, it's become very clear about how you want to think, how you want to feel, and how you want to speak. So how do you want to think? Well, one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to be anticipating and worrying and being anxious about your speech. You don't want to do this. So how do you want to feel? Well, you want to feel, for example, relaxed. You want to feel calm. You want to feel confident, right? So just some examples of how you probably want to feel. You want to feel, in many ways, you just want to feel peaceful. I want to feel happy. Many of my clients tell me that as they're going through the coaching and after they're, they're done, they feel more peaceful. They feel happier, right? So those are some examples of how you want to think, right? I, I, want, to, I want to feel relaxed, calm, confident. I want to think that I can say whatever I want to say when I want to say it, right? You want to be thinking about the content and the message and not about your speech, right? So if I'm talking to you right now, which I am, I don't want to be thinking about, am I going to get stuck? I don't want to be scanning ahead thinking about words. I want to be thinking about you and the message and how I can impact you with message and how I can make sure that what I'm saying is clear and that it's relevant. We call this Vic and Rick. Is what I'm saying valuable, the V? Is what I'm saying relevant, the R? Is what I'm saying impactful, am I engaging you, the I? Is what I'm saying clear, the C, okay? So you wanna be thinking about that in a sense, right? And not about avoiding and words and scanning ahead and all of that kind of stuff. Does this make sense? You'd be feeling relaxed and calm and confident. How do I wanna be speaking? Well, I wanna be speaking smoothly. So let me just run through six proactive speaking skills. So one is airflow, right? We have good airflow. We're feeling relaxed. We're speaking smoothly. There's a nice flow to your speech, right? Airflow. The next one is want to be extending and blending our words, which kind of is related to airflow. When I'm extending my words, I have greater control. They're not short, I'm not cutting them off. It has a nice smooth rhythm and flow when I'm extending some of my words. I'm not extending or elonging or prolonging every word. But when people extend some of their words, it makes their speech smooth. It makes it dynamic. So I'm changing the pacing of my speech by extending some words, right? So extending and blending. Blending helps you maintain the smooth flow. Inflecting. 
I'm modulating my voice. I'm not speaking monotonous, monotone, right? I'm inflecting. And then the next one is articulating. I'm speaking clearly. I'm using my mouth, using my tongue, using my jaw, making sure that the words that are coming from my mouth are basically clear, right? So I'm articulating. And then the other one is I'm using body language, right? I'm using body I'm using facial expressions, I'm using my hands. Now, I can't walk about here because there's a certain area that I have to stay in, I have to stay in camera range. But if I run a workshop, I'd be walking out into the audience, walking over here, <laughs> moving over there. So I'm using body language, right, which helps me um, kind of display. It helps me orchestrate my speech, helps me keep a rhythm going. Um, it helps me demonstrate what I'm saying with my hands, with my face, expressions, and so forth, right? Posture. So body language. And then the final one, the sixth one, would be what I call emphasizing, which is like highlighting. And this one can, can and often does combine all of the other ones. So if you emphasize something, you're highlighting it, you're bringing their attention to this particular word, like I just said. So I said word. So what did I do? I, I deflected on it. I used my eyebrows. I used my hands. I used my mouth. I over-articulated. I, I did everything to highlight that word. So people that do that, are excellent speakers if they don't overdo it, right? So those that's what I call the six proactive speaking skills. These are all skills, learnable skills. I teach people all the time. And so that's an example of how you want to speak. Now, why is that important in terms of Hebb's law? And now we're going to bring in what we call the law, law or laws, which is called law, of repetition, Repetition and consistency, okay? And this is important here, repetition and consistency. So basically, step one is to know how you want to think, how you want to feel, how you want to speak. That's your goal. Those are your goals. Then you want to have a plan, a pathway, if you will, for how you can learn and practice that way of thinking, feeling, and speaking. And because of Hebb's law, the law of repetition, you have to practice those ways every single day, every single moment, every single moment, every single day, every single week, every single month, until it becomes habit, pattern, something that happens automatically, right? So these are skills, they're also habits, they're patterns. So you have to know what it is that you want to learn. I want to speak this way, I want to feel this way, I want to think this way. And in order to do that, what must I do on a regular basis? Because uh, neurons, so basically everything that you and I do is centered in our brain, right? So when you are thinking a certain way, your brain is firing a certain group of neurons in a pattern that represents that train of thinking, that pattern of thinking. When you're feeling a certain way, your certain neurons are firing in a certain way. When you're speaking in a certain way, certain groups of neurons are firing in a certain way that represents and that allows you to speak in that way. Does that make sense? Okay. Because if they weren't, then you wouldn't. So, what has to happen then, if you want to think, feel, and speak 
in a different way, you want to speak smoother, you want to think more about your audience and your message, you want to feel more calm, confident, and relaxed, then you must know the behaviors and the activities that you have to participate in on a regular basis so that the end result, the end result is this way of thinking, feeling, and speaking, right? What are the behaviors? What are the things I have to do on a regular basis? So I'll call this your daily routine. And if you repeat those same behaviors, the same way of thinking, same way of feeling, same way of speaking, if you repeat them, you learn them, you practice them, you repeat them, Hebb's Law says that the neurons that represent those behaviors will wire together because the repetition, the law of repetition says that when you repeat something over and over, it becomes automatic, it becomes a habit, it becomes a pattern, the law of repetition. If I repeat this over and over, it will wire in Hebb's Law and it will become a pattern, whatever it is. So if you think a certain way, you develop a certain attitude you develop certain beliefs, you develop a certain way of thinking. If you act in a certain way and you continue to act that way, then you develop certain behaviors, right? So law of repetition says if I repeat this over and over, Hebb's law says it'll wire in and it'll become a habit, right? It'll become a pattern. Consistency says, well, yes, you have to repeat it, but you have to repeat it consistently. Right? So I can repeat something a hundred times one day and not do it the next day, not do it the next day, and then do it a hundred times the day after that. So because of a lack of consistency, it doesn't wire in, it doesn't become a pattern. So if you want to change, if you want to transform the way you think, the way you feel, the way you speak, you have to repeat these certain behaviors. You have to know what the behaviors are, first of all, like, what do I need to do every day to change the way I think, feel, and speak? Okay, so when we work with people, our coaching, we tell you this is what you need to, to think. This is what you need. This is how. This is how you need to manage your feelings, your emotion. Here's how you need to speak so that you speak smoothly, right? And we we help you focus on that. We make it clear for you because everyone's a little different, and then. We help you to stay consistent at it, to do it every day, every single day, so that you wire it in, so that you wire it in. So one of the reasons why so many people have tried programs and it hasn't worked, and why people have tried my program and it hasn't worked for them, why? Hebb's Law, Law of Repetition and Consistency. They either didn't know what actions or behaviors or thoughts they needed to focus on. This happens mostly to people that are working by themselves. They're trying to figure out, what do I need to think? There's so much stuff out there. Or what do I need to work on in terms of my speech? There's so much stuff out there. There's so many different techniques and tips and things, right? So the coaching helps you focus in because you got to be focused because you got to fire the same neurons in the same way, repetition, and you have to do it consistently, right? There needs to be consistency for you to develop this new habit or pattern. So let me tell you what happened to Jalal as a result of me and him working together and giving him a pattern and a daily routine and saying, hey, here's some ways that you need to 
shift your thinking. Here are some ways that we need to um, focus your speech. So now, what is Joel doing? Well, he's gotten a new job as a consultant, uh, and he's doing extremely well. So whatever he invested in that coaching, he's earning back 10 times plus. Number one, he's gotten a job. He's able to order the coffee that he wants. He specifically told me that a couple of days ago. I can go in now and order the coffee that I want. He is able to talk with his uh, girlfriend's mom. He's able to make his own phone calls. He's able to live where he wants because he doesn't have to worry about having to go on and order stuff. Uh, take a step further. He's doing so well at his job. He didn't just get a job. He's doing so well. Now listen to this. This is almost mind-blowing. That he was recently selected to attend, a, I believe it's like a coffee or a luncheon with the president of the company, him and another small group of professionals that work there because of his performance. He recently did a presentation. He's done multiple of these. I don't know how many, but he told me he did a presentation and his colleagues came up and said, that was excellent. That was great. You're such a great speaker. Now, he told me he can just barely believe that he's such a great speaker because of where he was a year ago. Remember where I told you he was a year ago? He was isolating himself, left his job, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. I mean, his speech was pretty severe when we met. And now people are telling him, you're an excellent speaker. There's almost no way he would have been able to accomplish that by himself if he was, for example, just doing self-study, it would have taken him years, if not decades, to get there for lots of different reasons. But because he and I were working together and he could get that feedback, he could get that encouragement. There are so many times that he came to me and said, well, you know, I'm trying this and it's, just, it's not working and I'm still getting stuck. I said, okay, just keep focusing on that. Or I would ask him, okay, are you doing this? And what about that? Said, oh, no, okay, I'm not doing that. Or well, yes, I'm doing it. Okay, show me how you're doing it. He says, okay, I'm doing it. I said, aha, well, you actually need to do this. So giving him that feedback, we don't know what we don't know. Feedback, the encouragement, the accountability. All my clients go through a period where they just start to slack off a little bit to say, I can look at them. I can say, hey, I'm seeing where we really need, you know, what are you doing with your daily routine? Are you sticking with this? Well, kind of slacked off a little bit. Sometimes they slack off because they're doing so well. I just say, okay, I don't need this anymore. Like, nope, you got to stick with it. Hebb's Law, it's going to take a certain amount of time for this to really wire in. Not in a few weeks. It's going to take months for it to wire in. So I remind them. I encourage them. I keep them accountable. They've paid me money, and they say, okay, well, i got to listen to this guy. I paid my money. I hold them accountable. And they're able to take full advantage of Hebb's law and the law of repetition and consistency. Consistency being the big one. You have to be consistent long enough for Hebb's law to actually work. You have to be consistent long enough for Hebb's law to actually work. Because if you're consistent for a month, it's not long enough. If you're consistent for six weeks or eight weeks, it's not long enough, right? We've been working together for a year. Most of my clients work, I work with them for about four months. I have a 90-day program, but we usually stretch it out. It's about four months. Many of them work for six months, and some work 
for a year. The ones that I work with for six months or a year are the ones that receive the greatest transformation, greatest transformation. Why? Hebb's law, law of repetition and consistency. Does this make sense? So the question for you is, um, here's like a homework assignment. If you want to uh, stop stuttering, overcome stuttering, you want to be able to say the things that you want to say when you want to say them. You want to be able to order the food and the coffee you want, make the phone calls that you want. You want to be able to get the jobs that you want. I've got lots of people who've indicated to me that they've got interviews coming up where they're planning for interviews. And, but they're worried about their speech, right? They, their speech may slow them down. It may interfere. They may not get the jobs they deserve. They're very smart, very intelligent, they're very skilled. But if they struggle with their speech, they're not going to be able to communicate that in the interview. Some people won't even apply for certain jobs because of their speech, so they stay stuck in other jobs, right? And that's simply unnecessary. It's just not necessary because we have a system in place that works. So the only question is, and it's not going to be for everyone, the only question is, first of all, do you believe this? And I encourage you to do your research and just look around you. Even people outside of Pro90D have proven that the system works because there's been millions of people throughout the, the, the history of the world who have stuttered and overcome it based on this approach, right? Um, they've maybe had to put pieces together and figure it out on their own, we figured it out for you. It's all right here. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to go out and buy this and do that and try this. It's all right here, right? So what we're saying is that if you are a professional or professionally minded and you know that your speech is interfering with you professionally and therefore you want to maybe move out, meaning you're in college graduate student, you want to move out, get into the kind of job and career that you want, but you know your speech could slow you down, then this is for you. If you are working professional and you want to move up in your company, but you're afraid or you're not able because of your speech, this is for you. And if you're a professional and you want to move out, move out of that company and move into something else, this is for you. But it's only for you if you're ready to take necessary actions, right? If you're ready to take full responsibility. So remember this, you are 100% responsible for your life and your speech. I'm not, no one else is, you're responsible. And the fact of the matter is that you can do something about your speech, but often what holds people back is what I call the stuttering mindset. You've heard me talk about stuttering mindset. It's your brain trying to keep you where you are. Our brains want to be as efficient as possible. So if you've been doing something for years, your brain doesn't want to change because it's going to require more energy. Your brain does everything it can to be as efficient as it can. And if keeping you stuttering is the way to help you be efficient, then it will keep you stuttering. You will come up with justifications and reasons why you shouldn't take a program, why the program's not going to work, why you can't slow down. I mean, your brain will literally say, oh, well, you can't slow down. People are not going to listen to you. Oh, that feels too strange. That's going to look strange. That's going to sound strange. People are going to think that you're trying to be uppity or you're trying to be really professional. 
your brain will say that kind of stuff. Your brain will say, oh, this is going to require too much work. I just can't do this, right? It will literally give you these reasons and justifications for not expending more energy because it doesn't want to. Stuttering mindset, stuttering mindset. So what you have to realize, hey, this is stuttering mindset trying to keep me where I am. And if you want to break free from that, right? Literally people are imprisoning themselves because of stuttering mindset. If you want to break free from that so you can do the things that you want to do, the principles and the laws are right here that says that you can do it. Speaking well is a skill. Let me just give you a really quick example of, of why you want to, to know how you want to think, feel, and speak, why you need to focus on that and not focus on how to stop stuttering or treatment and all that kind of stuff. Not that that doesn't help. You don't want to focus on If I ask you right now to think, to not think about, like I don't want you to think about a white rabbit. Don't think about a white rabbit. Okay, just stop thinking about a white rabbit. Now, most of you, if you were paying attention, maybe not all, but most of you probably thought about a white rabbit, and then maybe you tried not to think about it. So here's how this works. In order for you to not think about a white rabbit, as long as your brain has an image, it knows what a white rabbit looks like, that is, it recognizes the color white and knows what a rabbit is. If your brain knows those two things, and we say, don't think about a white rabbit. Stop thinking. I don't want to think about a white rabbit. What does your brain have to do? Well, it has to say, well, what's a white rabbit? And it does this so fast, we don't even know it. it says, what's a white rabbit? Boom, picture of a white rabbit comes up. It says, okay, I don't want to think about this. In order to not think about a white rabbit, the first thing you have to do is what? Think about a white rabbit. And then you want to shift your attention over to something else. So every time you say, don't think, stop, I, don't, I want to stop stuttering, stop. Your brain has to think about what is stuttering? What does it feel like? What is it like? Right. So it's referencing it. It's referencing. It's going into your memory bank and it's saying, this is stuttering, stuttering. So you're actually thinking more about stuttering. So basically, it's very important that you know, this is how I want to think, not this is how I don't want to think. It's how I want to feel, not this is how I don't. I, I don't want to feel anxious. No, I want to feel calm. I don't want to start. No, I want to speak smoothly. So what does that look like? And then what do I need to do on a daily basis so that I can achieve that? And that's where working with someone can save you more than 10 times the amount of time. I've had clients who've come to me after working on their own for years, years they've been working on their own. They come to me within a few months, they're way further along than what they were working on their own, right? So two or three years, they're out there, their speech is a little better, they feel a little better. Two or three months, they're speaking smoothly. Now remember, we're all going to have disfluencies. We're all going to get stuck. This is not about 100% fluency. No one's 100% fluent 100% of the time. So this is not about that. This is about your becoming really an excellent speaker. So Pro90D is for you if, in fact, you want to become an excellent speaker. Because remember, if you're interviewing, you're making a presentation, you don't get extra points for not stuttering. There are billions of people who don't stutter, but some of them suck at speaking suck at interviewing, right? You do get extra points for being an excellent speaker. And what I'm telling you is that Pro90D gives you the skills that you need and the training that you need to become more confident, become more relaxed, be more present, be more powerful, persuasive, influential, and become an excellent speaker and communicator. 
I have clients who are doing it all the time who are going from severe stuttering to becoming an excellent speaker. I had a lady way back in the beginning of my coaching who was severe. She had to actually ask people to come in and, and give her meeting notes, like to speak for her in many cases. And we worked together, and I remember she got into Toastmasters and she got two standing ovations. People were crying. She spoke so well. I'm not exaggerating. She, two standing ovations. People cried. She went on to work towards her PhD. I don't remember if she got it or not. I believe she has. Get her PhD. Get at least two or three job promotions since the last time I've talked to her. And I can go on story after story of people who've gotten better jobs, two and three jobs, make $10,000, dollars $30,000 more. Had a gentleman, and I'll be quite honest about this, I uh, owned an accounting firm and was in the middle of a sale. It was going to be a million-dollar sale. And I can't say that working with me helped him uh, get, you know, make that million dollars. But he came to me in the middle of the sale because he wanted to make sure that he was able to speak confidently, attend the meetings, and say the things that he wanted to say and to present himself in a certain way. And I'm happy to say that, that deal did go through for him. Now, there's a lot of things that happened prior to that, but certainly him having confidence in his speech helped him make that happen. So what I'm saying to you is that when you see your speech as a pattern, as a habit, you feel more empowered, you feel like you have more control, and based on Hebb's law, the law of repetition and consistency, when you're clear about how you want to think, how you like to feel, and how you like to speak, you're clear on that, and you're clear on the pathway to get there, that is the daily routine, that's the actual things you have to do each day. When you're clear about that, and you have someone to hold you accountable, to give you feedback, to help you stay focused, then you will be able to transcend and transform your speech, to become an excellent speaker, to begin to earn the kind of income that you want to earn, live the kind of life that you want to live. So now my client, Jalal, just told me he is feeling happier. He said he's able to dream now, to dream about things that he wants to do. He says he sleeps better, right? He sleeps better. He doesn't worry about his speech, right? He feels good about himself. He feels good about life. So isn't that something that you'd like to experience as well? When you like to feel more peaceful, feel happier, you like to earn what you deserve and what you're worth when you like to be able to say the things that you want to say. It's all right here, but the fastest way to get there is to work with someone. And I would invite you to think about working with me. I'm a person who has stuttered, so I understand it. I'm a person that has also helped other people overcome. So it's different. You can find someone out there, maybe who's cheaper than me, who They've never stuttered uh, or they've stuttered and they've just helped themselves, but they haven't been doing this for years. I've been doing this for years and years, full time. So I have patterns, I can see things, done the research, helped people who are doctors, scientists, lots of PhDs, lots of doctors. They've done their research. They know this is scientifically based, that it works and that it's not just about overcoming stuttering. It's about helping you go to that next level. So I want to invite you to book a private, free consultation with me. And let's talk about how to take your speech to the next level. You don't have to stay trapped. 
You don't have to be limited. You don't have to be held back in your speech if you don't want. There is something you can do about it. But you got to be willing to invest a reasonable amount of time and money. But it's an investment. You're changing your speech. You're transforming your speech from a liability to an asset that's going to give you, in many cases, a financial return, especially for those of you that have interviews coming up. Right? You're going to make whatever you invest in working with me, you're going to make that back many times over, many, so many times. We're not even talking about the social and the emotional benefits that you're going to get. I'm just talking about financial right now. So you've got to think about it like an investment. All right. So what I want to do is uh, Myra's going to go ahead and I think she's already put the link there. Um, yes. Book your conversation with me now. Don't keep waiting. Don't keep waiting. We've got some specials that are coming up that I'm going to send you an email about. If you don't want to hear anything about this, unsubscribe from the lists from this webinar. Um, if you don't want to hear me talking about coaching, unsubscribe from all my lists and watch some other videos or watch videos on YouTube because I'm talking about coaching because I know that it's the fastest way and it's the best way to get you to where people working on their own, sometimes they don't get there or it takes them forever. Coaching will get you there faster. So let me just answer some questions. See if we got some questions in here. No questions. All right. Anyone, does anyone have any questions for me? Uh, I believe I've covered everything I promised you I was going to cover. Number one, why you should never see stuttering as a disability. Why? It limits you. It's going to limit you. It's going to suck the hope out of you, right? You're going to feel like you're not in control. You may feel like a victim if you see it as a disability. Now, that's not an absolute universal statement. It's a generality, but it's probably more true than not, okay? That if you see it as a disability, you're going to feel like you're limited. You're going to argue for it as being a disability. You're going to look at, I can cope with it, manage and deal with it. Instead, you should see it as a pattern, as a habit, and you should see uh, speaking smoothly as a skill and a pattern that you can learn, right? So this is a pattern, something that I can change. I can change the psychology of it, what I think, feel how it's affecting my personality and I can change the way that I speak okay I can replace it because of Hebb's law right you can learn to think differently feel differently and speak differently so we talked about that we talked about Hebb's law we talked about the law of repetition and consistency consistency being really really big one you can repeat something over and over but if you don't do it consistent consistently it doesn't work so we've talked about that and we've talked about the importance of having someone who's gone through it, has helped other people through it. That's another important thing. Remember, just because someone did it themselves doesn't mean they can help you. Or if someone didn't do it themselves, doesn't mean they can't help you, but there's certain things they may not understand. I've gone through it. I've helped other people through it. And I've also done the research, right? And because I've helped other people do it, the feedback that I get from my clients, we build it into the program to make it better and better, more efficient, more effective, more relevant for you than doing this for several years now, full time. So this works, it's dialed in. So go ahead and schedule uh, your conversations. That's all we're gonna do, it's, it's a conversation, it's a consultation. I'm gonna talk to you, we're gonna assess your speech, we're gonna look at where you wanna go and how you can get there and give you the next steps. All right, book that conversation right now, don't wait. Any questions for me? Uh, let's see, okay, got a couple of questions. 
All right, how many days do we have to work in a week with you? Okay, so our coaching, we have different coaching packages. And you can work with me one day a week or once every other week. Our most popular package, believe it or not, is every other week. We have some coaching packages where for the first four to six weeks, usually it's around six, we work every week, and then after that, we spread it out to every other month, and then after that, we might go just once a month. So it depends on the package that you choose and what your needs are. So we can talk about that in consultation when I look at your speech. It also depends on your finances as well, but definitely you can successfully navigate this by working with me every other week, but some people prefer weekly accountability, so every week as well. And our meetings are no longer than 30 minutes because they don't need to be, right? So 30 minutes can be 30 minutes every other week or 30 minutes every week. They both work, okay? So I hope I answered that question for you. All right. Um, all right, here's another one. Hi, Michael. In some situations, can't apply your new speaking style, become conscious, and breath becomes short. Okay, so there's, there's times where, in fact, I've got a couple of videos out that say, you know, you know what you need to do, like, okay, I need to relax or I need to do, I need to breathe. And then in the situation, in the situation, you can't do it or you forget to do it. So this usually is a result of, just based on my experience, it's usually a result of a couple of different things. Number one, are you doing the complete daily routine. You don't have to do this forever, but you do have to do the complete daily routine long enough for it to affect those different aspects affecting your speech, how you think, how you feel, all the speaking skills, right? You have to. So are you doing a complete daily routine consistently? Are you repeating it consistently? Are you doing free flow speaking? Are you doing modeling practice? Modeling is the big one, right? Number two, are you putting yourself in enough higher pressure speaking situations so that you can learn to adjust with it? You can figure it out. Okay, this is how, this is what I need to think. So I need to tell myself this is what I need to do. As many of you know, I'm still learning Spanish, right? So one of the things that I have to do is just on a weekly basis, I have some friends and I talk with them in Spanish. If I wanted to really take that up to the next level, then I would do it multiple times a week or I do it every day. And in no time, my Spanish will be full, because I've done it in the past, right? Went someplace, stayed someplace for a couple of months. Spanish is very, very fluent. So basically, you have to put yourself in the situation under pressure. Things will break down at first, but the more you do it, the more you'll be able to, for example, maintain the airflow, breathe smoothly, and speak the way you want. So those two things, the daily routine, but also putting yourself in as many real-life higher pressure situations as possible. If you do that, um, your speech will transform. Now, if you're not doing the daily routine, but you're exposing yourself, <clears throat> then what happens is you're simply reinforcing negative experiences, right? So you got to make sure that you're going in and that you are using, that you know how you need to speak, how you need to think and feel, what you need to do. You're practicing that by yourself. You're practicing at low pressure. You're practicing in high pressure. I hope that that answered your question. All right, how do you get to the point that you are able to think of stuttering as a habit? How do you get to the point where you're able to think of it as a habit? So changing the way that you think about something 
is also a habit, right? So what it means is that often, in fact, I'm glad you brought that up because I just want to mention this. And for those of you that need to leave, please feel free to do so. But let me just bring this up. Sometimes we, we don't have direct access to our feelings, <clears throat> but because of the law of reversibility, we can change the way we act, which then changes how we feel, the law of reversibility. So you can feel a certain way, which changes the way you behave and or think, or you can act a certain way, which changes the way you feel and or think, right? Acting, acting. So in order to start thinking about it as a pattern that can be changed, you may need to take actions that represent that thought. You may not be able to feel it right now, but you can certainly do things that says, this is a pattern that I can change. And the reason that I believe it's a pattern I can change is because I'm actually working on changing it. All right. So, for example, the Pro90D speech system, the all of the daily routine, including the modeling, the coaching, just hearing someone telling you the same thing over and over. And you may say, well, I'm not thinking this, I'm not feeling this way, I'm not, but someone just reinforced, hey, do this, do this, focus on this. If you try to just do it by yourself, sometimes it just doesn't work, just doesn't work. I have a coach, talk to my coach, he's my best friend, he's my coach, talked to him last night. He's telling me some of the same things that I already know that we've been talking about for a year or two now, but doesn't always click, right? You got to have someone telling you there <clears throat> the whole time. So you can change, <clears throat> you can start to think of it as a pattern by acting as though you believe it's a pattern, by doing the things that demonstrate this is a pattern and it's something that I can change. And by telling yourself, hey, this is something that I can do something about, and here's the way I want to speak, and here's the way I want to feel. I'm an excellent speaker, I'm a great speaker. So affirming the new way. You don't tell yourself this is a pattern, this is this is not a disease. No, you, don't, you just tell yourself and you focus your behavior and your thoughts on the thoughts and behaviors that represent this new way of thinking. So I hope that I answered your question. Great question, by the way. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, thank you, Michael. Got it. Great. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Once again, thank you for being here. Nice group today. Um, just remember, if you're, if, you've been, if you're a professional, you got stuff coming up. And if you've been out there watching, you know, attending, I see lots of people attending my webinars. I've been attending my webinars for years. You're watching my YouTube videos, reading the emails. That's great. Uh, but if you haven't, taking your speech to that next level. If you haven't really moved ahead, it might be time for you to go all in. And going all in means nobody wants to spend thousands of dollars. I don't want to spend $1,000 for coaching, right? But if it's going to bring me a return, then I do want to spend it, right? So you want to think about, hey, if I do this, how's my life going to change? How's my life going to be better? Is it going to be better socially? Yes. Am I going to feel better about myself, about impossibilities? Are there things I've been wanting to do? I uh, want to get out, be more social. I uh, want to move into this job. want to start this. want to go back to school where I know I have to make presentations. want to go to these meetings where I know I have to introduce myself. I want to be able to order the food. There's stuff that you want to do, but you haven't been doing it because of your speech. It's time for you to step up, take responsibility, understand it's the stuttering mindset holding you back. Just know that that's what's going on and that, you need to eliminate that mindset by taking action and making a commitment. When people engage me in coaching, 
to make a financial commitment, now they're locked in. And as long as they show up and they do the work, they see the transformation, okay? So my time, I'm one person, I'm the only one that does this coaching in this company right now. So I have a limited number of spaces left because I have a limited number of hours. And I'm not working all day long coaching with people as I get burnt out. So I only take a certain number of clients that I work with, certain number of clients each day. Some days I have off. So if this is something that you want to do, you know, the fall really starts to fill up because people are coming back off vacation, reality's starting to hit them, getting back into class, getting back into meetings. All of a sudden, I can't say what I need to say. Oh, I got an interview coming up. So coaching starts to fill up. We're going to have some specials going on that I'll tell you about in the assessment session. And also, glad I thought about this, uh, right now our laser focus coaches coaching is 1999. It's going to go up to 2499 within the next couple of weeks, two to three weeks probably. Um, I'm going to put a date on it. It's going to go up 2499. So if you're interested in the coaching, you want to get in on this now. This is not a, it's not a trick. You're going to see on my website right now. It's 19, but it's going to go up in a couple of weeks or so. And that's going to be the price. Okay. So if you want to get in on it, uh, do it now. We have some payment options available so that if someone says, I don't have all that money right now. Well, you have a couple of payment options, a two pay and a three pay. We'll talk to you about the details of that in the private consultation. Okay. Any other questions? Great, great. I'm glad I was able to answer that for you, Karen. Thanks for that question. Really, it's a great question. So, guys, we'll thank you for being here. Once again, if you don't, if you're in a place where when you attend these webinars, if you don't want to hear me talk about the coaching, you don't want to see it in the emails, please unsubscribe. Don't want to waste your time. Don't want to waste mine. But I know that coaching is going to help get you to where you need to go. So you're going to hear me talk about it. Um, along with stuff like this that can help you in your speech and in other areas. So go ahead. Uh, look forward to seeing those of you uh, who fit the criteria. You're professional. You're ready to take your speech to the next level. You've got some interviews or something that's coming up. You're willing to invest a reasonable amount of time and money. Go ahead. And let's have a conversation. The, the links are there, and, and I'll be sending you an email as well.